Hey guys, welcome back to Seller Sessions. Uh, Steve Simonson from the Awesomers podcast, a guy in the industry that you know very well, uh, is joining me today. He's done a wonderful presentation at Seller Sessions Live uh, the past weekend. Um, and effectively, what we're going to be talking about is a lot of information in and around China that people should be very much aware of. A lot of people are gasping back in the audience and stuff. So rather than it being under any lock and key and stuff with Q4 coming up, this is very important information. Welcome to the show, Steve. Well, thank you, Danny. I appreciate that. And uh, uh, hello to all the seller sessions and the awesomers out there. You know, we we had a great time in London here this past weekend and I had so much feedback and so many kind of follow on questions that I wanted to, you know, team up with you and, and try to get this word out wider, at least so that people can weigh these things into their own mind and, and make their own determinations on what it means for them. Indeed. Cool. So should we get on with the show? You ready to go, Steve? Let's go. Yeah. As you're ready. Just, um, just, we're going to let people know we're going to do this in four parts because it's quite a lot of content to take on board. You want to write notes and stuff from this. For those that are listening back on the podcast, I'll ad lib over the top so you don't miss any of the key information. This will appear on YouTube and it will also appear on Steve's Awesomers podcast. Uh, with show notes as well. So hopefully you'll be able to follow along, which I'm sure wouldn't be a problem. But without further ado, let's get into it. Yeah, well, so that's, you know, the really important part here uh, in here in part one of this uh, mini series. And really, you can almost think of it like a masterclass. I'm myself and Danny, we're going to walk you through this idea of how is the world changing and, and maybe in some ways, why is it changing, uh, changing? And this first segment, part one, we're going to talk about how we got where we are. What, what's the background? Because context matters. Don't you agree, Danny? Context tells us everything. Totally agree. Totally yeah. Great. So knowing context is going to get us started. And uh, for everybody out there, my time is being generously paid for. And even my trip to seller sessions by uh, soapbox.com, sopbox.com or .co, you can go check that out. I don't even know who's paying uh, for it, but they don't actually pay me money. It's one of the companies I own. And I want to let you know that my time is being donated by them. So here's something that we probably have a pretty decent idea on. Uh, COVID messed up the world, right? It broke stuff. And uh, do you remember back in January of 2020 when I started posting about something's going on weird in China? Uh, Dan? Yeah, we we also discussed it quite a lot on the podcast, but that was very much later. You were one of the but one of the earliest people, I mean, Chris Davis mentioned stuff, but you were in full flow because of the scale that you work at, right? So in January, the murmurs started to come out, you know, little bits come out of China, but you kind of articulated a lot of the stuff. By the time we got to March, it was like Armageddon to a point, wasn't it? There's a lot of fear factor and stuff going on. No one know what they're doing. No one expected to be closed down for 18 months. But that kind of led the way for our community to get that information in. Yeah, quite right. And and really, I didn't. I said very clearly in January of 2020. I don't even exactly know what's going on or why or what it means. But I know it's serious because you don't close down Disneyland and cancel Chinese New Year if there's not a big, fat, hairy problem, right? So this is history, and and we're all painfully aware of it. We're you know trying to close manufacturing, purchase order logs built. We're going to take two weeks to flatten the curve, Danny. Um, what, what's your calendar look like? Have, have we hit the two weeks yet? Indeed. Oh, my gosh. It is a nightmare. And then, of course, we're all over the place with disruption. Ironically, people said we can't go buy services, right? We can't buy, you know, 
uh, nails and we can't buy our hair and we can't, uh, you know, do the restaurants. So we're going to just buy products and U.S. demand shot up. And of course, the world started printing money led by the U.S. And that led to an e-commerce surge, which we all liked. Um, that's really neat, but disruption remains. We're, we're short on microprocessors. We're short on other things. And again, if just I from might a, interject, I think, you, please. and I think you said this as well. I think that was the biggest growth in online commerce ever, because Correct. there's normally single digits. What was it? I think it was like eight. What was the final digit of the uh, the analysis of that? Because it was like four to six times higher, or something of the average great rate of growth. The rate of growth increased to the highest level ever. And we actually, I think we did a show about it. And, mm, and some yeah, of the I'm just trying to remember the statistics. For I don't remember the exact number, but it was, it was uh, unprecedented as mm. is all of this stuff. Right. And so yeah, e-commerce yeah. in most categories was a, a particularly the so-called essentials did very well things in travel and anything related to travel went right into the crapper. Right. That, that was the worst possible place to be or one of the worst. And so all of these types of things that we think about in terms of normal day to day life came to an end. And luckily, e-commerce has been a beneficiary of that. But there are complications arising out of that as well. So visually, again, just, you know, uh, China goes into a military uh, style lockdown. Don't worry. They locked it down. Um, everybody questions these numbers, but these are the official numbers out of China, they, you know, lost a, you know, four or 5,000 people. And now uh, it's basically gone from there. Uh, again, I think they have largely locked it down using draconian stuff, but there is a lot more uh, problems. They the didn't they? they had the militia on the streets, didn't they? There were people. Yeah, it was, I mean, yeah. drones chasing around, literally locking people indoors. Uh, it, it, it was, and trucks going down, spraying out, you know, kind of uh, unknown gases or, sanitation or sanitizing type stuff really really crazy stuff like zombie apocalypse stuff but I, no question they have largely done a, a, um, a reasonable job of locking it down up until now before delta so um by the way nobody ever heard of wuhan probably before or very few and the, let alone the wuhan institute of virology and everybody suddenly became a facebook expert too right yeah everybody that's in wuhan yeah yeah, yeah. And so as you think about this, uh, you know, the, the, it used to be called the Wuhan coronavirus, all of this created all, all kinds of uncertainty, which for us became a problem manufacturing wise. Everybody stopped making stuff, right? So raw materials guys had no place to ship stuff. Uh, all the factories are locked down uh, or closed, but not all, most of them. Uh, and that created a lot of pain and problems. So that and don't, and don't forget is the period in January is the period of the Chinese New Year. So with that going on, everything's shutting down. People are then either leaving for home or at home. That also had a big impact. Factories generally don't get their full staffing back. People tend to leave and there's a turnover of staff. Well, that's right. And not only that, so all of that, that, that was starting to happen. The great migration, the, the world's largest migration of humans was starting to happen. But much of that was even cut off, although the, the transportation part didn't happen as much this year. All of the factories shuttered for two months instead of like two or three weeks, which would be more normal. And that just compounded the, the beginning of the problem while the demand was surging and people were ordering stuff and waiting for stuff. 
And that got compounded by, you know, the reality that we live in now. Where did all the shipping containers go? Well, I can tell you right now, Savannah, Georgia has 80,000 containers waiting to ship back to Asia, which is twice as much as it's normal. And that is common around this, uh, the globe, particularly in the United States, which is leading demand. There are a bunch of empty containers that can't get back home, which yes. is cr crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, it was just a backlog, wasn't it? I mean, you brought it up on the screen now. I mean, the logistical nightmare of that, because obviously they're, 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 everyone's racing them to get them out, but no one wants to take them back or can't take them back in, wasn't it? It was it was like a land grab to get them out. So you had this massive influx of exiting China, but then where do they go? They're not going to come back. There's The world's broken down. So that was obviously uh, created a big problem as well. No doubt about it. And then this little beauty, uh, the Ever Given, decided to parallel park in the Suez Canal, which created a number of problems, including the, the shot heard around the world, Danny. The garden gnome shortage in the UK. Are you still feeling the pain or have you started to recover <laughs> with therapy? We're getting there. We're getting okay, there. good. Uh, it, you know, that, that uh, was not helpful. Let's put it that way. And Danny, the thing that I like to remind people is this is a complicated problem. And by the way, if anybody's ever out there and you go Google like marine traffic maps or live marine traffic, seeing some of the past animations or seeing some of the maps really tell you what a complex problem this is. Yeah. And in part, that's because there's 55,000, you know, different cargo types of ships. Uh, and they range in size from, you know, 1,000 or 2,000 containers on up to, you know, the equivalent of around 28 or 29,000 20 footers on a single vessel. Yeah. Right. That, that's the supercargo guys. And that's led by, you know, over a million and a half people operating these um, ships and so forth. And, you know, if those guys get sick, then it's a problem right now. If a single cargo ship seafarer arrives in China and tests positive for COVID, the entire ship is sent away right yeah. before loading. This is not helpful and uh, continuously slowing things down. And of course, there's a bunch of containers stuck around the world. We don't know the exact number again because some containers are leased, some are active versus inactive, and they're being more built. But it's just—it's not a simple problem. That's the whole point. You have to have containers in the right place at the right time to get into a economically viable situation. Indeed. Uh, so my my number one question people ask me is, well, when will it go back to normal, Steve? And it's like I don't know. It's, it's complicated, right? It's not that simple of a question uh, to answer. And so here's something, you know, this is probably from about a month ago, freight just skyrocketing, just going up and up. And it's going up globally. North America's hitting, you know, getting the, the brunt of it. But it's not like Europe's being left out, right? At the peak, North America index was, you know, around $19,000 a container. And, and Europe was about, you know, upwards of nearly 14000 and those have settled back just a little bit here. You can see, you know, you've seen some 5 to 11%, even 13%. Uh, well, 13% is actually an increase going back to China, ironically. I don't know how that works. But it's still, it's come down a little, but don't get used to the prices going down. In my opinion, it's going to go back up before, between now and Q2, it's going to be volatile, but largely at this level or higher until at least Q2 of next year. Yeah. That's bad news, right, Danny? It's not great news, but this is the thing. When we talk about, and we've talked about this on the show before, like 
the the people that win are the resilient ones. You just bite down on your gum shield and you get on with it. It's unfair for everywhere, everyone. So that makes it a level playing field. It's about how you're smart with optimizing other areas of your business and making sure you've got cash in the bank as well to get through these lean periods. Quite right. But listen, Danny, it's not all bad news. The global shipping industry is earning more money than ever, really, since 2008. Yeah. And so we can all breathe a sigh of relief that they'll be okay. Yeah. They'll be okay. And they're doing so well that they have quoted as high as 32000 bucks for a single container. And my message is when you get that quote, they don't want your business. And mm. this is part of what Danny was talking about. You got to be mindful of what's happening and keep yourself um, I would say nimble, right? Where yeah. you can get more than one quotation. You can understand different routes. You can think about, is there another way to bring this? In Europe, for example, there are trains that are options, which are, yeah. are facing a lot of congestion. But there are even now trucks being driven from China to like Germany or Netherlands. Did you know this, Danny? Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, when people are desperate like that, it depends on the size of their products and their margins. Some people can soak, soak this up. But there are people out there who's just they're too knife edge with their margins. So it blows up their business, unfortunately. And this is the lesson we all have to learn. Everyone, everyone has to learn is that making sure you've got a good, clear margin on your products. So your product selection plays an important role. Unfortunately, you can't back optimize. You can't go to your factory and say, can the unit price be cut in half? Because their margins isn't that great either. So there are some people out there I know who that are sitting out of this. They're getting ready to launch new brands and stuff, but they're waiting for the market to regulate a bit based on their margins they currently got of the new product line that they want to launch. It's I can tell you this. It's going to be tough to watch prices come down on any level, not just shipping. Yeah. We're going to talk about this, but inflationary pressures are everywhere. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things, again, I like to remind people, it's not to – to just sit here and complain or whine about it. It's to, to mentally uh, elevate yourself and go, well, gosh, if there's all of these complex things, all of these touch points of chassis and trucks and trains and drivers, then this is not something that somebody can just, you know, uh, wave a, a magic wand to make it disappear. It's going to take time. And that means you need to really think about how things are uh, dealt with in your supply chain. And yeah. we're going to talk about this in each se segment of, uh, this mini series, but you know, wildfires disrupted the port of Vancouver floods in Europe, uh, knocked out factories and barge service this summer. Uh, COVID lockdowns are knocking down uh, Vietnam and Malaysia right now. Civil unrest in South Africa has forced ocean terminals in Durban to close and typhoons and more COVID lockdowns are hitting China uh, as we speak. So this is not simple. This is complex and having that margin, having time, as an ally, or even thinking of other ways to solve this problem is probably in your future. Indeed. Now, we just talked about this a little bit, Danny. There, Everybody's facing pressure. Really, the only thing that's below the pre-pandemic level price-wise, although it's creeping up steadily, uh, especially now if you get farther into 2021, is oil. That's slightly below. It's almost back to the pre-pandemic level, which yeah. is that 100 line. And if you're listening to the audio, we're showing basically a graph that says, Everything's going up commodity-wise, iron, yeah. gold, copper. And what that means is all of us are going to face pressure. Uh, steel prices are continuing to soar. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's going up like a hockey stick, isn't it, for 2021? When you look at the data at 2020, at five, what, 
I'm not sure what the, um, the column this side. Oh, right. No, it's in dollars. 500, 1,500, and it's sitting at 1,825. Whereas midpoint to late point of 2020, it was bouncing around 500. Exactly. It's it's more than tripled, nearly quadrupled. And and in many ways, people don't see an end in sight. But uh, I do have some, some hope for you, especially if you're highly steel-oriented. Uh, there is more steel capacity coming online in North America, and we'll talk about that more in the upcoming mm -hmm. segments. But right now, we're all feeling these pressures. And not to be outdone, uh, natural gas uh, is spiking at all-time highs in China. Right now, the equivalent of around $190 a barrel. So if you compare oil at 75 or 80, which is kind of the range we're in now, natural gas is much, much higher, which makes energy even more expensive in China. As a comparison, you can buy natural gas in the U.S. for about $4 a barrel. Yeah. So it's it's there are parts of this that are uh, complex. There are parts of this that are regional, but all of it matters. And a lot of this is me saying, you know what, COVID broke the world, and um, my award, you know, from you guys is, uh, who cares? We already know everything about this, Steve. But I, I wanted to set some context because while I may be Captain Obvious here, I do think that some of these details we we forget them, right? Yeah. And and Danny, I think part of what we're dealing with is, you know, how do we get where we are, and then what do we look for to to navigate our ways out of this? Uh, what what's your yeah. thought? I think really like where we are at the moment, because it's still an unknown. There's, I think the winners are the ones with the cash on hand, unfortunately, because you can try and predict whatever you want. But if you've got a, a, a runway of cash and you're reserved in like, I know Q4 is coming up, right? But if you're going to be a bit reserved and go, all right, look, the key thing here, we want to make a profit in Q4. Do we go hard in our market, which is increasing in spend? Right. And then the risk of sellout because the, the nature of getting stock into Amazon in Q4 and the limitations of stock as well. It's, I think it's very, very hard to predict. And it's it's uh, survival the fittest in reality without sounding like, you know, the skies are falling. I'm just trying to take a realistic approach at this. It's going to be tough and the tough survive. Yeah. Well, and that's that's what we're signing up for. Uh, here's the punchline, right? I just showed you a bunch of context of how we got here, but here's the punchline for at, at least how I consider segment one. We're about to go through the same thing again, right? right. We, we think that that's all behind us and that somehow that we have passed this, but there are more China lockdowns. There are more PL volumes, you know, kind of in distress. There yeah. are global lockdowns, which I just talked about, more and more congestion, which means that we literally are about to get the sequel COVID part two, right? If you if you loved it, part one, you're going to hate part two because it's going to be worse. Uh, and it's also going to be unpredictable in the same way that, that version one was. And so that's that's what we're going to talk about in in part two, everybody. This, this little mini series we're putting together is to give you guys the chance to help understand, you know, from a supply chain basis, even a geopolitical basis we'll cover in subsequent parts of the series. What does that mean for you? How does it impact your business? And in part two, I'm also going to talk about what do you need to do now? What are the five steps you need to take to survive? Danny, what uh, what notes do you have here for the, the end of part one? So for me, just saying, look, 
I know because this is the thing we have this in the industry, you know, the skies are falling. This isn't about skies are falling. This is about a realistic look of what's in the future. Right. And as business owners, we all have to adjust. And unfortunately, we might have to tighten our belts and do a few things to keep the going. But don't let that get to you. It's the same with um, the start of COVID. I said to people, look, while everyone's in fear, like for me, and I'm, you done the same, I'm like, okay, this is a fantastic opportunity to accelerate. Because when everyone pulls back, you can accelerate if you've got cash. If you need to pull back, then pull back. There's no shame in that. It's smart business, right? You save yourself like a boxer. You save yourself. They throw the towel in. We're saving for another day. Because there's no point getting knocked out the game. You've got to be very, very, very smart about what your next moves are. And hopefully within these presentations that Steve's put together, it will give you a bit of a roadmap so you're not blindsided of the possibilities that come up. So, again, I'm going to say this isn't scaremongering. This is just a bit of reality. And what we're trying to do is set you up for your future to protect you and your business. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better. And I would just reiterate the point that, it doesn't matter how you feel, whether you're scared or not scared about this. These are facts. These are yeah. facts we're going to deal with. And the reason why entrepreneurs have opportunity and the reason why we can build wealth and make money is because we solve problems that other people can't or won't solve. Right. And so that's why we're problem solvers and the world's got a bunch of problems. So this is the land of opportunity for us. And I definitely want to say that this is annoying in many ways, but it's not the end of the world. You know, this is not the chicken little situation. This is just, here's the facts. How do we deal with them? And that's what we're going to talk about in part two, Danny. Excellent. Guys, take care of yourself and your family. Make sure you join us for part two. Steve, thank you for joining us and sharing this today. As I said, this is going to be a four-part series, so make sure you stop and check out each one. They will be available on both of our podcasts. They will be on YouTube as well, so if you're listening to the audio and you want some context of the images, you can get that, and, of course, from the show notes. We're only here to help, and hopefully you enjoyed this and you enjoy episodes two and three and actually two three and four so we'll sign off now guys take care of yourself and your family and we'll be back soon